are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Thursday episode here at Locked On Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. Hope that y'all enjoyed yesterday's interview with Michael Burton, but we're back to regularly scheduled programming now, and on today's episode, let's talk about Sean Payton's telephone conference from Wednesday. He met with New Orleans media, and he hit two big key points that we're going to discuss. First of all, of course, his comments on Drew Brees and his final season and his remaining offseason checklist, a rare glimpse into the mind of Sean Payton and what the team is looking to do. So we'll take a look at that. And then we're going to continue our round by round prospect watch at positions of need for the Saints. We know that New Orleans loves to trade up. So I've decided not to skip the second round. So let's take a look at some second round projected prospects at each linebacker, corner, offensive line and wide receiver to see who the Saints might be able to make a play for. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Sean Payton opens up about his comments on ESPN's Get Up regarding Drew Brees' quote-unquote final season and talks a little bit about his remaining checklist for the offseason. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. So let's start off with uh, Sean Payton talking about his comments on ESPN's Get Up. He went on ESPN and he was talking about Taysom Hill and his fit with the offense and their vision, what they see for him, how he's going to be involved in 2020. And then he mentioned that the unique situation that they're under and unique situation that they're with, with Drew Brees returning for his final season, and then the media went wild. And I mean, look, for a lot of us, particularly Saints fans and people that have followed the Saints for a long time, people that cover the Saints, it would be no surprise if Drew Brees said that this was his final season. Many of us sort of expect that it will be, but to hear it come from Sean Payton on the national scale, on a television television show and to hear it slip like that was just kind of wild for a lot of us and sort of unprecedented in a way because Sean Payton is usually very buttoned up, usually very close to the chest on all these types of things. Well, during the conference call, he was asked about it and he called himself no other words than a big dummy because according to him, he actually just let it slip. He wasn't letting a big secret out of the bag. As he said, he said that he doesn't know that it's going to be uh, Drew Brees's last year. doesn't know if it won't, but it came to his mind because Brees took so much time weighing the decision this year. And I think that that makes a ton of sense to me. The biggest identifier that you need is how long it took for Drew Brees to make the decision to return. And of course his options for himself were either return to the NFL as a New Orleans Saint or retire. It was never about going to some other team, which made negotiations much easier when they did come together and when Drew Brees finally did say, yes, I am coming back for another run at this. Uh, I am coming back to the Houdat Nation. It simplified that process versus, say, the Tom Brady process in New England, but it still took him much longer than it usually does. You know, for the most part, usually when it comes down to the contract negotiations between the Saints and Drew Brees and Drew Brees returning to New Orleans, it's usually a conversation of if, I'm sorry, of when, not if. This was the first time that it actually came down to the full-on question of 
is this going to happen? It was more of an if than a when. So no big surprise. The idea behind the comment here that this could be Drew Brees' last season, but Sean Payton did not intentionally or really in reality did not confirm that it in fact will be Drew Brees' final season. So Payton went on to discuss a few other things, including the fact that they're actually going to be setting up their war room and their draft room at Dixie Brewing Company, which I think what? How much more New Orleans can you get than that? Honestly, I think that's fantastic. But one of the other pieces that came up that became very important and sort of stole the eye of a lot of Saints fans was a question that Larry Holder had asked about Sean Payton on his offseason checklist. And uh, Payton mentioned a handful of things relative to, as he said, the kicking game, interior offensive line, obviously a lot of wide receivers, the cornerback market, and linebacker. So those last three points, cornerback, uh, wide receiver, linebacker, not a big shock there. We know that those are teams, those are positions that the team is going to be targeting going into the draft and then may also target an undrafted free agency slash late free agency as a lot of teams will cut veterans based upon the draft picks that they're able to bring in in the draft. So we know that those are three positions where they're definitely going to be focused. But the other two, kicking game and interior offensive line, have brought up a lot of questions. First of all, when it comes to the kicking game, don't think of the Saints, don't think of Peyton as referencing the kicking game literally, right? The punter and kicker because Will Lutz, Thomas Morstead, Zach Wood, They're set in terms of their special team score. The big thing here is that they lost out on some big special teamers in terms of kicking game coverage, as well as the the return game as well. If you look at the fact that they lost P.J. Williams, or at least P.J. Williams is still a free agent at this time, they lost A.J. Klein. And then there are some other players out there as well. Johnson Batamosi, you can even point to uh, Caden Ellis, who was injured before the season. You can look at guys like Stephon Anthony, Josh Martin. So lots of players that played core special teams roles for them. And the Saints are going to be looking to rebuild that Dwayne Washington's another big one. So you can expect the Saints to approach day three of the draft, much like Darren Rizzi referenced day three of the draft last year as special teams day. So they'll be looking for players that can do multiple, can serve multiple roles in terms of their actual natural position, but also what can they do in special teams as well. And then you also have to consider the loss that came with the retirement of Zach Line. He was a big part of the punt return coverage part of the game, either serving as a wing in punt coverage, but also the return game as well as he nearly blocked the punt in the Seattle game that Deontay Harris brought back for a touchdown and then was able to turn around and seal a double team on the punter to make sure that Deontay Harris was able to get in to the end zone. So he was a big part of their special teams core as well as both the blocker and part of the coverage team as well. And then finally, when he goes to interior offensive linemen, I look at that more as offensive linemen in general, both a guard and a tackle, maybe a guard tackle swing, certainly somebody to back up Teron Armstead, who does often deal with injuries. For me, I'm almost more concerned about the Saints in terms of their depth behind Armstead and Ramchek than I am really with the depth in the interior offensive line. So we'll see how they continue to address all of those positions, and in particular, how they potentially intend to do so from Dixie Brewing Company with the draft at the end of this month. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to continue our Prospect Watch series, looking at one prospect per team need at each round. We're going to continue on with the second round because we know that the Saints love to mobilize. They love to move up. So why leave the second round out? We got that coming up for you next here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, Houdat Nation. So we're going to continue with our series here to where we're taking a look at one until today's episode, second round prospect at each linebacker, corner, offensive line, and wide receiver, big remaining uh, positions of need for the Saints. And we might throw in a couple others here or there as we talked about. There are some other ancillary needs like safety, 
tight end, defensive line, quarterback, all those things. So we might throw in a couple of those every now and then. So we're going to break these up today. We're going to go linebacker and corner in this segment. And then in the next segment, we'll go to offense. We'll go offensive line and wide receiver. But first, before we jump into it, I'm going to just explain a little bit further about why I'm not skipping over the second round. And honestly, it's it's pretty simple. And, and as I explained before, that the Saints love to move up. So while they don't have a second round pick here, I'm not going to expect them to do like they did in 2018 and wait until their third round pick. I, I could easily see the Saints trading up into the second round. But it's not just about trading up into the second round or for that matter, even trading back into the second round. Here's the other part of it. A second round grade doesn't always mean a second round pick. And what I mean by that is that a lot of teams will put a first round grade on maybe only 20 prospects in the NFL draft. As you know, there are 32 picks in the first round, meaning that those guys, those teams that are toward the end of the first round, 24, 25 and on, they don't always get a first round grade selection in the first round. If all 20 of the people that they put a first round grade on are gone, then they end up drafting in the first round someone that has a second round grade. So with that being the case, it's worth looking at some of these second round projected players at these positions to sort of talk about, hey, here are some of the guys that could creep into the first round that would still be a good selection for the Saints at 24, or if the Saints were to trade back and then end up in the second round, here's a good select, they would be a good selection there. Or if they were to trade up from pick number 88, then here's a good selection there. So we'll talk about a few of these. And um, you're going to see I put out a new mock draft over at Canal Street Chronicles. I'm going to reference that a little bit later about a trade up that I made in that round. This is another example to where the Saints only traded up. I was really only able to trade up with them into the third round by actually using a, a sensibly projected draft pick trade. Uh, trading into the second round was a little bit tougher. I feel like I would have gotten a little bit unnecessarily crazy with the draft compensation there. So I stuck with what I knew and only traded up into the third round. But sometimes those second round guys can fall into the third round. So that's the other part of this too. So let's take a look at these. So we'll start off at linebacker. If the Saints aren't able or don't select one of the top three linebackers in this draft, we know Isaiah Simmons is very likely off the board before the Saints get there at 24. But if they stand pat and they take a guy like Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen, then they're good. But if they don't take one of those guys, an intriguing second round option could be Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. Now, this is a perfect example of what I was describing when I was talking about these guys that have second round grades, but can go in the first round because all of the other first round grades have been taken off the board. Zach Bond is exactly that guy and has the ability to be that guy that can sneak into the bottom of the first round but also can be drafted in the second round. Now, he's a little bit of an enigma to me personally, six foot two, 238 pounds. So he's got good height, but he's a little bit lighter uh, than you'd like to see. He's very close to that sort of uh, that Patrick Queen weight. But if you are athletic enough, then that's not a problem. And that's certainly the truth with Patrick Queen, not entirely the truth with Zach Bond. He's not overly athletic. He's not overly quick or anything like that. Ran a 4.6540. Uh, he had a 32 and a half inch vertical jump and a 115 inch broad jump. So the explosiveness is kind of middling. It's not, you know, outstanding explosiveness like what we can see in Kenneth Murray. That's one of the reasons why this is a guy that gets a second round grade as opposed to a first round grade, right? This is a guy that can be a starter and can be a quality guy and a contributor, but he's not going to be, or at least there's a lesser chance that he's going to end up being your big banner guy. Now, the thing about Zach Bond is that he's often noted as a pass rusher, which is fine. But again, with that lack of athleticism and with that size, 
he's not going to really be a super effective pass rusher in the NFL unless he bulks up, which is certainly possible. But because of how twitchy he is and because of how quick he can be, right, quick rather than fast, as we talk about a lot, and the fluidity that he has in his game, I'm not really seeing him putting on a ton of weight in order to try to succeed at the NFL level. I actually think that he would be more effective outside of the pass rushing regimen and more in the run-stopping linebacker position, maybe a Sam position that gets him off the field in nickel packages, although he has shown because of his twitch ability and because he can be quick and because he does have that fluidity that he can cover tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. You're just not really going to see him operate and prowl the middle of the field with that sideline-to-sideline quickness like you'd see with a guy in Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray. But those are exactly the things that make him a little bit more, him being Zach Bond, a little bit more of a second round grade than a first round grade. But no need to be disappointed if, say, the Saints were to end up with a Zach Bond. It's just a different style of linebacker than what you're rooting for if you're rooting for a linebacker at 24. Now let's move over to corner here, go back to the secondary. We know all the reasons why I'm personally interested in the Saints looking at corner. Perhaps you agree. Perhaps you don't need to see them go for a corner this early. I like the idea of them going for a corner either very early or much later. I'm not a big fan of corners in the middle rounds, with the exception, of course, of someone falling out of the second round and then being selected in the third. So that's kind of where I sit when it comes to corners in this draft. But one of the guys that, I, I, here, here, let me tell you this too, I was going to talk about Utah's Jalen Johnson, but I know I'm going to have Dylan Sanders from Whole Line Sports back on the podcast here soon, and he will do all the talking about Jalen Johnson that I that he will do it much better than I can. So I'm going to save that for him. And instead, I'm going to talk about Auburn cornerback Noah Igbenogany. He's another example of a guy that can be you know a second round grade that can go in the first round. You can see him mocked in the first round probably more often now than you saw toward the beginning of the offseason, and it didn't help hurt at all what he did in the combine 448 40 yard dash which is great but also a 37 inch vertical and a 128 inch broad jump so the explosiveness is there to go along with the speed and he's a guy that is extremely athletic and he doesn't just show that athleticism when it comes to coverage he also shows that he's extremely physical there too but it's not limited there you can also see him as a very very good corner in terms of run support he's also really good in special teams as well which he did early in his collegiate career and he might have to do again in order to solidify his place in the NFL because he might come in as a depth guy in terms of corner if he were to end up on a team like the New Orleans Saints, for instance. Uh, He's not somebody that you're really going to see come in and play a ton of snaps right off the bat because he's actually only been playing the cornerback position for two years. But even in that little bit of time, he's shown enough to talk himself into day one, day two of the draft, which is extremely, extremely impressive. So he is great at the catch point. He's a fantastic coverage guy, super physical. Again, another man-to-man guy, as many college uh, corners are, but you know he'll need a little bit of time to learn how to play zone and how to play it in the right system, and especially to play a zone match system to where you have to start off in zone and then switch to man coverage, depending on the route concepts that you're looking at. So it takes, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for a guy like this, especially if you were to end up in a system like, let's say, New Orleans or even New England. But even still, Noah Egbenogany, a good name to keep in mind, is a second round prospect that can either creep up into the first or that could be a target for the Saints if they feel like cornerback is something that they need to address early in day two or potentially somebody that can fall. I don't see him falling the same way that I could see some of the wide receivers falling because of how deep the wide receiver class is, but still a good name to know. So those are the two on defense that we wanted to discuss at linebacker and corner. Up next, we're going to go into the offensive side. We'll go wide receiver and offensive line. Got that coming up for you right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day.
All right, y'all, before we wrap up our look in terms of position watch in the second round, we should update because now there's a new piece of news out about uh, P.J. Williams. P.J. Williams has been re-signed to the New Orleans Saints on a one-year, $2 million deal, fully guaranteed. So this really addresses a couple of things that Sean Payton mentioned that we talked about in the first segment. We actually mentioned P.J. Williams specifically when we were talking about the Saints' focus on the kicking game in terms of coverage. P.J. Williams coming back definitely helped serve in that role. But then, of course, you know he even mentioned the cornerback market. So bringing in P- bringing P.J. Williams back definitely helps. We know if the Saints have been interested in somebody in the slot, they were in on Chris Harris Jr., who's more of a slot cornerback. And so you and they also brought in Deidrick Nichols from the uh, XFL, who played a, a good portion in the slot as well. So now they bring back the guy that was their starter in the slot last season in PJ Williams and can also play on the outside in a pinch, not very well, but can be there. And then also showed that he can play pretty well at safety, too. So he gives you the versatile sort of trifecta of defensive backs when it comes to uh, bringing back a guy like PJ Williams. So it's a smart move for the Saints. Will he be a starter? Who knows but if nothing else he's fantastic depth for the team so that may actually mitigate the Saints needing to look at corner as early as we were discussing in the first and second round but that's the good news about what we're doing here is that we're going round by round looking at at least one prospect in each of those needs so we'll continue to do that as we move forward and then update maybe we look a little bit more at safety as opposed to looking at corner maybe we look at the defensive line as opposed to corner so we'll see depending upon where we are in uh, terms of draft position so it's gonna be a lot of fun because some of these changes are going to continue to happen and we'll just continue to update and go with the flow and then change up the way that we look at each round at each prospect so this is really fun so coming up now we want to take a look over on the offensive side we want to talk about offensive line and as I mentioned before for me offensive line is a position to where I want to find somebody for the Saints that's a good guard tackle swing that could do a little bit of both and now that we're looking at second round prospects we can stay in Louisiana and take a look at uh, Ragin Cajun Robert Hunt. So Robert Hunt, 322 pounds, six foot five. He's got good height size to be able to switch in toward both playing on the outside and on the inside. Spent most of his time over on the right side of the offensive line at Louisiana. But you know, if you need to move him over to the second round, you certainly can. I'm sorry, the second round. If you can, if you need to move him over to the left, you certainly can. He's somebody that can carry a second round grade and a second round projection. He allowed six sacks alone in 2017, but since then, after playing. 893 snaps in 2018 and 412 in 2019. He allows only two since that big six sack season. So, uh, and on top of that, he only allowed seven total hurries in 2018 and only one in 2019 in those 412 snaps as well. So he's playing, you know, fantastic in terms of playing on the offensive line is dealing with a little bit of, uh, you know, injury history and things like that, that have kept him out, but he's got the size to be a future sort of pro bowl guy. And so if you can get somebody like him in the second round or trade up early in the third and grab somebody like him that can play uh, both on the inside and on the outside, he could be exactly what it is that the Saints are looking for. All right, so let's wrap up now with the big position, wide receiver. So a guy that I have a second round grade on and can see going in the first round or can see falling simply because of the fact that he's a wide receiver and how deep this wide receiver class is, is Arizona State wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. If you want to know how much I like him, honestly, you can go over, if you haven't figured it out already, you can go over to uh, Canal Street Chronicles and look at my new mock draft that I put out. I have the Saints trading up to early third round pick number 70 
to draft him. But he's really a guy that should carry a second round grade, if not a first round grade for some for some teams. And he's one of those guys that, again, is a second round grade that can creep into the first round, even if he doesn't have that first round grade for a team. So you look at what Brandon Ayuk brings. He's someone that plays majority on the outside, doesn't play a ton in the slot. Again, as we've discussed, that is an okay option for the Saints now that they have Emmanuel Sanders, because Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas can both move in and out. So then you get somebody that can focus at that Z position on the opposite side of whoever's holding down the X, and then your slot, which is usually called the F position, it, you know, can those two at X and F can rotate, and then you've got Brandon Ayuk who can work at Z and X, so you can move him to either one of those outside positions. So you have that in him. You have him as a, a guy that is extremely explosive, a 40-inch vertical and a 128-inch broad jump. He's not super fast. He ran a 4.5 in terms of straight line speed, 40-yard dash at the combine, but you get the ball in his hands, and he's absolutely lethal. He's a good returner as well. Not that the Saints need that, but if they want some depth there in case they if they deal with some injuries to Deontay Harris again and don't want to put Taysom Hill in that position, then you have a guy like Brandon Ayuk who can take over that role and still be very, very effective as a returner. And if you want to see him be a returner, but you don't want to get him involved or can't get him involved in the kicking game because of the fact that Deontay Harris is back there, don't worry. Get on the ball on a short slant. You put the ball in his hands and he becomes a returner with the ball in his hands. And that run after catch ability is something that I have stressed so much as something that the Saints need in this offense, somebody that can create separation. They got an Emmanuel Sanders. You want somebody that can do a ton of damage after the catch. Brandon Ayuk is a fantastic example. Five foot 11, just over 200 pounds, great size profile as well. Maybe five foot 10, just under six foot and are over 200 pounds. Great size profile as well. So definitely a name that I recommend keeping an eye on on because he's a really interesting guy. He can go in the first round. He can drop to the third round because he's a wide receiver and this class is so deep. Not really sure where he's going to end up, but if the Saints were to do like I did in that mock draft and trade up for him and bring him to New Orleans, he'd be absolutely incredibly effective. And honestly, lethal in the Saints offense. All right, y'all. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. Now that you're done here, make sure that you take some time to tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on NFL Draft. They're doing a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun stuff over at the NFL Draft podcast right now because they're going pick by pick and episode per pick in talking to uh, beat writers and guests for each team that represent the team that's selecting at that selection. So, wow, how many times can I use the word selection in a sentence? Um, so really, really fun stuff going on, on over there. So go and check that out uh, for sure. Again, just tell your smart device to play podcast locked on NFL draft. And of course, make sure you come back tomorrow. Got one more episode this week before we go on break for the weekend. And then I'm right back with you on Monday. Of course, we'll continue going through round by round and looking at a prospect at each position of need. Do we continue looking at cornerback now that we're later in the draft? Or do we switch? up and take a look at defensive line now that the Saints brought back P.J. Williams. And of course, we'll talk about that P.J. Williams return a little bit more in depth as well. So that's coming up for you tomorrow to wrap up the week. As always, it's Friday. So let me get some of your Fan Friday questions. If you want to drop questions in the Locked on Saints Facebook group, head over facebook.com slash groups slash Locked on Saints. Get those in and then I'll get those answered for you in tomorrow's episode as well. Or do a live Q&A over the weekend to if we get too many questions and I can't answer them all. Either way, we'll get your questions answered. As always, thank Thank you so much, everybody, for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.